Hey, what's up? Welcome to another edition of the Canvas Podcast. I am your host, Joey Uribe, and today I'm coming to you live from within the walls of the Art Institute, Orange County, located here in Santa Ana, California. So today my guest is author and artist, Sasha George. So Sasha George, I got to know her over Facebook, and she reached out to me after I had cut an episode with Scott Esman. From there, we just started talking. She gave me some advice about keeping the show going and how to keep my head up and when times are discouraging. And so today I brought her on the show. Sasha is a very nice person. She is an author of 11 books. She writes books about vampires and autism, but not at the same time. <laughs> so, Sasha, i like everybody to know more about you, and I'd like you to introduce yourself again. And let's hear your background. Let's hear where you come from. Let's hear about your inspirations and what you do and why you do and how you came to do it. Okay? Okay. Sounds like a plan. Hello, and thank you for having me on the show. Um, I'm from Chicago. I came from a very creative family. Um, My grandfather was a painter, and my mother was a mural artist, and uh, my dad a carver, and all my siblings would dress up over the air and be creative in that nature on holidays. But I think what really channeled me over the years to be um, an author and artist is probably in 2010 when I became pregnant and I contracted uh, out of dormancy a blood clotting issue and I really didn't want to leave this world without leaving a part of me behind to my family and friends and not knowing anything to inspire other people as well so then I started to be in the Art Institute as well and see that I really wanted to channel myself in something that was very unique. Uh, Sasha means helper to mankind. So hopefully I can live up to that task. (laughs) Now for those of you listening out there, um, Sasha is an alumni of the Art Institute here in Orange County. And she graduated in 2010. So, Sasha, what did you study when you were here at the Art Institute? Let's hear about your experience. (laughs) I studied two majors. Um, I did game design and interactive media. So I have a little bit of game designing, animation, and then I have uh, working in film, web design, audio. So I'm definitely a multitasker. I love creativity, and I wanted more. I guess I was very hungry for it. But I didn't know where to dip my balance mm. into it because there's so much to it. And um, like you and I, before getting on the show, we talked about networking and stuff. So I had a great deal of meeting interesting people that had guidance to me, but it wasn't necessarily like I didn't want to just go someplace and be doing just techniques. I wanted my style. Um, And my availability to tackle the world and say, I'm here. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And just like you with your voice, you know that people are on that edge because they understand what you're saying. They love your creative thought process. And there's a purpose for it. Yeah. One of the tougher things about being in media arts is just that it's really hard to just plant yourself in one direction. It is. And so when I finally graduated and I was dealing with the blood clotting issues, I said, you know what? I need to 
work everything that I had mm-hmm. and work for myself. Yeah. And that's the bold step. Not everybody has something threatening your life and putting you on the edge. Like some people, they they want to lose weight, but they won't apply themselves mm-hmm. until it's like too late. Right. And so that's why it's really good that people do, you know, that momentum of talk to push you over to that edge. I watch my 600-pound life, so I know what you're talking about. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, because, I mean, I was I was there, too. I, I, I weighed 300 pounds, and then I had to lose a whole bunch of weight to get <laughs> well, Congratulations Thank to you. Thank you. So, Sasha, working independently as opposed to working with the company or first another person, do you find more creativity in that aspect because you have no real limitations as, you know, what you're expected to do? Is it easier that way? It. It's easier for somebody to work under somebody Mm -hmm. because they need that guidance and they need somebody to help them get out of that procrastination Mm -hmm. because it's very hard to work for yourself and know that you have to meet a goal. Mm -hmm. And I put myself on very challenging goals. Like I'll say next month I'll write a book. And even though I probably won't meet that goal, I still have it there. And And then I post it on Facebook and say, hey, my book's coming out, and people start getting excited, then I know, and that's that adrenaline rush of my challenge, and I really like that. And I'm very fast, Joey. I'm very fast at writing books. I think this past year I've written 11 books within a year, and most authors take a good year to write one book. Wow. So, where, where does that motivation come from, you would say? You know? A lot of it's from the blood clot. Mm-hmm. I, I'm always afraid that I'm tomorrow I'm not going to wake up mm-hmm. and I'm not going to there's somebody out there who needs me and says I relate to your work I understand your artwork I understand your words your sense of humor your children's book brought me hope mm-hmm. away from my, my problems or something that I want to look up to feel inspired you know and that is a responsibility I love. Mm-hmm. I love being the motivational person, and you already experienced that. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I, I pick these different genres because I find it fascinating to be put in something that's totally out of my box. Like, vampires are so fascinating. They're stuck on this world for so long, and they have such psychological problems. They really do. I mean, they're strong, they're independent, they have to be, and they have to change over the centuries, but it's an interesting thing to test, how am I going to live another year? How am I going to deal with humanity and they're not supposed to know I exist? It's really fascinating. That's really cool, because I never looked at it like that. No, because most, uh, if you read, most, there's two different perspectives you have vampire the masquerade which is a tabletop and they work on the clan base of vampirisms then you have uh dracula and he is very much of the romantic persona then you have twilight which is there (laughs) i mean i don't want there's good parts about it but then there's not and i don't want to get into that debate and then you have Anne Rice, who is definitely... But most of all, most vampires are based on the romanticism because right. they know it's hard for them to to keep something that's so fragile and they know centuries now they can't go back. Kind of like the Highlander. Right. 
I believe it's uh, Bram Stoker's Dracula. Yeah. We've all seen the movie. I even read the book. But I've always have a personal emotional tie to that movie because I always think I'm, I'm a person of love. I love my wife. Right. Definitely. That, right. that is the love of my life. And so every time I think about how strong Dracula's love was for this woman that... He, he would define the world yeah. just for it. And I thought that was amazing. And then one that's more popular, too, is um, is an interview with the vampire. Yes, when which think, is Anne Rice. When you mm-hmm. think of when you think about how they're from, like, maybe, what, the, the Victorian, 17... The yeah. Victorian area, okay? Yeah, right. So we're from there, and then when they had to evolve, live through all those years, now I'm starting to think of putting all that psychological aspects together. Yeah. Because that would really drive somebody mad. It does. Being it here does. for a couple hundred years and not being able to expose... The House of Blood, that's the series that I'm writing. Mm -hmm. Um, It starts with the vampire remorse, then it goes into the House of Blood, and then the next one is the sign. The whole story concept is they believe there's a vampire prophecy, which most vampires believe there is. But it's also about a family uh, that is forced to tangle with each other Mm -hmm. and conceptualize well, why is this person getting father's attention? Why is this person not? And then they have to mature because it's not really their father. It's not a person that gave them birth and nurture. It's like they were forced to be this family because of this blood connection. And it's really a dynamicness of it. And that's what I like about vampire stories Mm -hmm. is the adventure. And then, obviously, I have the Sasha George artwork series. And I do a lot of digital artwork to tell stories. And a lot of it is about myself that I'm dealing with or something that I've seen or compiled with other people. And uh, the recent one that's coming out is Realm, which is my first fantasy book, uh, medieval fantasy. And it's based about the dark lore of mythological creatures like fairies Mm -hmm. and mermaids and stuff they're not so pleasant they're not so beautiful they're not so kind it's realism and that's the challenge i'm putting on myself for that one so it's a mix of fantasy with reality right not Not so much not not like once upon a time it's Mm -hmm. more of like this boy his name is dane is put in a prison ship and he doesn't know why he doesn't understand but he knows he's important but these fae and these mythical creatures are trying to help him, but they're not nice. They're not like, I'm going to open these bars for you and let you out. Mm-hmm. It's like, negotiate with me. Make it make it worth my while. I have to endure your patheticness, but why should I free you? Yeah. Well, I didn't ask you to come here and free me. Open the door. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like a total debate of now, and that's what I like about it. It's It's not... It's what we deal with on an everyday basis. So, Sasha, I want to know, how did you get involved with writing a book for autistic children? I have a son who uh, was born with autism. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, this same time when I was pregnant with, and I learned about my blood clotting. Me and him were in a very tough time uh, condition where we could have died. And... When he was born, he was announced with autism at the age of one. Mm -hmm. So he was perfectly fine until one years old, he regressed. And he's such a delightful person, Mm -hmm. like most children are, and 
but he has focus issues in high sense. I call him my little uh, lichen, my little werewolf, mm-hmm. because sound is so sensitive, taste is so sensitive, mm-hmm. and I'm like, all you need to do is howl and we'll be fine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but from him, I wanted, I watched his uh, behavioral services mm-hmm. and those in school walk with them and talk with them with specific words like lick or taste and it was so such a process but they use these key words to slowly etch them there and to me it was really fascinating it was like a story in itself and I seen other books on there and Daniel's assistant teacher her name was C Carlson approached me and she said you know we should write a book you're great at storytelling you love your children you're so sure this so we sat together and she's very good in the perspective of the method mm-hmm. and so it was a great teaming and I was able to utilize these books to help Daniel and I read it to him and he got it mm-hmm. I was like that's great I can reach other children. Mm-hmm. That's a fascinating thing to me because you see in the extreme of autism, there's like the, you know, the sensitivity ones, the um, low level uh, spectrums, and then you have the high maintenance. Like my son, he's very um, high maintenance, meaning he may not focus right away, but he learns so fast, mm-hmm. but he can't keep up with it by saying it. Right. So it's a great thing to, and we're still learning about autism. Mm. So I thought it would be really great to leave that to him and to other children, obviously, because I always feel like I'm not going to be here tomorrow. Mm. So it's, that's, that's the goal of that, yeah. is to help teach children. And, of course, I'm still writing other children's book mm. that's outside of the autism as well, because my daughter, she has to be part of it too. So. <laughs> you know, I really commend you too on the writing process. Because I know personally, at one point, um, when I was going to community college, I wanted to be a writer. I actually wanted to major in journalism. Right. I love to write because I like to express myself. But sometimes I feel like there's so much in my head, I can't write it down, if that, if that makes sense. It makes perfect sense. It makes perfect sense. A lot of people ask me how I'm able to conceptualize or organize it in my head. And honestly, it's so simple. You write a paragraph on a piece of paper, flip it. Write more, flip it. Have a picture, draw it, flip it. By the time, at the end of the week or the following week, you have a notebook of all these little things and you just type it up. Most people sit in front of the computer and they say, once upon a time. And it's like the terrible way to start. Just throw it, talk to your recorder, say it out loud, look in the pit, you know. Whatever you do, just get it out of your head. And then you organize it. And then you shuffle it up. And you're like, oh, I like that paragraph. Oh, psh, no, don't like that paragraph. And it comes so naturally. It really does. So I think that's something I need to work on personally because I know I have, like, worlds of stories in my head, you know, some really cool stuff, some really... And you draw well, too. Yeah. And so I don't, I just don't know how to tie them in together. Maybe it's because I'm not as focused on that, you know, as far as making that something like a career. So maybe it doesn't come out as much, but I think there's got to be something in me that's got to spark. Like to the get that world out. likes Joey. The world likes what you like. Mm-hmm. Meaning, not maybe the same subject, but you find a topic that suits your, your family. You write about it. You like industrial. 
You write about that because you know it. And that's what people, readers love things that you're, you're knowledgeable about because that's, that's their guidance. Mm-hmm. And you have a leadership. You have a leadership. I mean, that's how you're able to do the talk show is because of that leadership. Mm-hmm. You know, you're able to, like, look at me. I was terrible in the beginning of this interview, and now I'm just like. You're flying by really I good know. <laughs> It's a night and day difference. <laughs> so <clears throat> now I know we talked about, you know, what inspires you to do this and all that, but how was the process of becoming an author? Like, was it something that it just happened right away? And on top of that, was it easy to get published? Or how did you go about doing that? Um, publishing is very easy. Mm-hmm. It depends on the level you want. There's independent writers. There's publishers that you got, you know what I mean, to get noticed and, and stuff like that. Right now, I'm an independent writer. Mm-hmm. My inspiration literally is to touch all genres I want to write a love story I want to write children's book I want to write a horror story I just can't get enough of the stories out of my head Mm -hmm. and I lay in bed and they're there I see somebody and it's just like I want to tell a story about them I literally just want to take notes and write Mm -hmm. and I can't stop I think it was that day I was laying there and I, I, I'm just like, I don't want to be like Picasso and become like famous when I'm dead <laughs> or I'm not going to save somebody. Yeah. And that's, I think that's what keeps me ticking, but also artistry. I do artwork. I do photography. I, you know, work with one of your last guests here, which was Scott Esman. Mm-hmm. I do film, you know, I just, I, I'm, meant to do that i meant to tap into all the creative knowledge and and pass it down to people you know and i i enjoy that but as authorship artwork photography there's many ways you can present yourself you can do videos on youtube so you draw you tell stories you can do your audio um you can make it into a film and put it on a disc and and sell it Mm -hmm. Um, some people are like, well, I'm just an artist, but I like to talk. Okay, well, then you take your artwork and your photography, put it on a disc, and go downtown at night and post it on a wall and do a presentation. It, it's really, you can do anything you want. You just got to find that core of taking a step. Mm-hmm. And people are like, well, I'm not really good enough. Anybody's good enough. People write cookie monster music, and you know what I'm talking about. I personally like that music. Okay, well, there you go. 99% of the people like that, and 99% are going to like whatever you like. You can't can't diss yourself. And you know what's interesting talking about all this is I used to put a lot of limitations on my creativity and my art Mm -hmm. because I felt that back when I was in film, Mm -hmm. I had to do just film. Because I felt like this is what I'm going to school for. I have to do this. Then I realized, okay, I can do visual effects. I don't need to film for that. Right. And then I realized, you know what? I'm good with photography as well. Right. And so, you know, coming to find all this and then hearing you say that, it it really puts it it into perspective. It does. Because 
they're truly the only limitations on being an artist are the ones that you set on yourself. Exactly. And so for anybody listening out there who also may be struggling with that type of, you know, type of issue where you feel you can only be inside one box because this is what you do, don't be afraid to get out of that box, you exactly. know. Exactly. Because you're going to have people who are going to tell you that your art isn't into isn't up to standards with other people's art. But at the same time, there is truly no there's truly no ideal perfect art because well no every every art is different every art well you have your techniques you come to the art institute you learn techniques mm-hmm. um i think it was a teacher here his name was mike tracy mm-hmm. and he taught me the best value if you want your style don't come to school mm-hmm. if you want to learn techniques how to make it in an office job while at disney or something then learn the techniques because then you're the copy machine yeah. and you're producing what they want. Yeah. So learn the techniques. But once you graduate, take all these techniques that you've learned and compile it. Yeah. Like for me, is I know a lot of musicians. Currently, I'm working with Jeremiah Glauser and Larry Wimmer, who are mus- musicians. And I'm like, you know what? I, I need a soundtrack for my books. Can you write a soundtrack for my books? Yes. Cool. Awesome. I worked with uh, Jack Christie. Um, well, he was not—he was an inspiration for my uh, Into the Enchantment book. But he also helped me realize that I need to live. So he helped me lose weight. It's—you—you you have all these people, and that's why they say network. But put it into everything of your product you know you do a great show you know a lot of people you have people come on here and just pouring their souls out you know and that is awesome and then you have your industrial so you said you wanted to do a show for yourself do an industrial show for yourself you pretty much said that if you want to learn your style don't come to school right right okay when i was taking film and this is no disrespect to the film major here but Having an understanding that lighting is one of the essential elements that goes into filmmaking, mm-hmm. you know. But I noticed that when I watch some films that have great lighting, then I watch some films that was filmed on an iPhone. Like I truly can't tell the difference on there. So there was times where I was like, I want to go and I want to make a short film, but I don't have the lighting. I don't have this. I don't have that. And it was truly discouraging because I thought, well, I can't. I can't do something that's based upon so many set of rules, you know? But now knowing and, and, and truly coming into an artistic mindset of what I've been working right. on for like the last almost two years, it's truly actually opening my eyes to know that, and this is going back to saying that, there should be no boundaries no, on your art. No, art creativity is based on raw emotions, and that's where you have critics who try to conform you into a mindset of techniques. And that's what I don't want. No, and you you can't. If you want to work for a specific company, then conform and do the techniques they, they need you to do. But if you want to live in a world of creativity, which people need creativity to make their business happen or their books or their station, they need artwork or singers for their albums. Mm-hmm. Do you you know what I'm saying? Yeah, is, I do. Is we are we are the people and the inspiration. So be the inspiration. You know, mm-hmm. but don't feel burdened by the fact that you have to do a little bit 
of being in the business and doing the techniques because it's, you know, it builds your character. It challenges you. See, and I think for a lot of the people that come to the school, a lot of the students that come here is that mm-hmm. they look up to the instructors, obviously. Well, yeah. You know, uh, but me personally, um, one of the problems I was feeling with some of the instructors here is just that, and again, this goes back to setting so many rules on the art because I think it's kind of, you know, contradicts you supposed to be an artist to show expression and show what you want, but yet you're going to get the wrong grade if your lighting wasn't correct or if your camera angle wasn't correct. See, because I believe personally in film here and maybe, you know, just in the whole industry in general, there's too many set rules on something. But I do understand it's an art, and I do understand with great respect that these type of rules need to be applied in order to make what you would call a great film. You know? Well, graphic, here, well, here, we'll, we'll put it in this way. We'll put it in this way. Film art cannot be put in a traditional concept of thing. Game design, yes, because game design, you need to wait for the programmers to move your characters. You can create the characters. You can be as elaborate as you want, but you still have to do your rigging. You still have to make sure that the person next to you is going to do the lighting, you know, Everything comes with an idea, and that should be a freedom. When you turn something into a grade, of course you have one person who is going to be biased, an instructor, because it may not be something that they specifically write, like. Mm-hmm. They may say, you know, I like your Celtic drawings, but it's not something I'm looking for. And they should generalize that and not grade you, but you shouldn't be disturbed if you get a D or a C. And that's the thing is, grades are nothing. What's really important is your portfolio. When you graduate, it's the rest of the world that's going to be looking at you, not the single person. So, you know, so that person gives you a D and maybe they didn't like your artwork. But you know what? You could take that and you can better it and put it on your portfolio regardless. You know what I mean? It's it's really you taking it not personable. There was an instructor. I, I loved it here. It taught me many lessons. The best thing is, is he made us go home, and we had to paint the best painting we've ever did. Painted it. Then we took it to class. Everybody was proud. They put their painting all over the wall. And then he went up to it, and he ripped them, all of them, off the wall. Why? He wanted to teach us. Don't get attached. You're going to have critics. You're going to have people hating it, spitting on it. Detach yourself. You produced it. Walk away. Don't make it sentimental. Because then you're really just not going to walk in the world. You know, you, I mean, look at how the actors are. They're out there and they get hit with everything. Oh, she's bad. Oh, she's a, you know what I mean? But they take the hits. And that's what you as an artist has to do. You have to deprogram your mind not to be so personable about it you know you're going to have people who are going to love you and then you're going to have people not love you and that's what the, the school is training you and that's how you got to look at it and build your character and that's why I, I took those lessons and I applied it in the real world I was like I don't need to depend on a company to tell me that I can't do something 
I don't have to make my portfolio like everybody else. I'm an individual. I was born an individual, and I will be an individual, and that's what people like. That confidence of individuality, rawness, you know? And people are like, oh, well, you didn't write in this specific way. I had somebody tell me that. You didn't write with this the, the way that it, it, you should. And I'm like, neither did Shakespeare. But he's like an awesome person because his, his writing was so different. Yay for me. Yeah. <laughs> so, Sasha, there's some really wise words that you're saying. And me personally, I'm taking a lot from this interview because you're really, you're really picking my brain here. You're, really, hey. you know, you're, <laughs> you're getting down to the root of what I feel as far as a perspective from an artist. And so I know we talked about your background, we talked about your school here at the Art Institute, what you learned. Right. And, you know, we talked in depth about the books. So, Sasha, where do you see the future of your career as an artist going from here? Uh, you know, like I was trying to say, is the world is so vast. There's so many different opportunities out there. And it really depends on who I'm going to interact with next, I love reaching out to other artists and working with them, uh, you know, as I quoted before. Uh, but I, I love inspiring people. I love when they come to me. I love being a motivational speaker. I have so much to offer as a jack-of-all-trades. But what's more important is being a leader. Saying one thing and not applying it, you know what I mean, which is all good and well, but... It's really if what I'm saying as your leader or as your leader, (laughs) take me to your leader, uh, is having the confidence to just take my hand and believe in enough in yourself, you're worth it. And that's a foundation of networking, of reaching out and putting faith into your talents and my talents and then relating it to the world. And I think that's what the future is for any creative person. It's just staying raw, don't conform, reaching out to other people, finding the stability you need to emphasize the dream or the goal, and then the world will come next. And they will like that. Because you're helping them get away from their mundane life. You're psychologically giving them something to feed and nourish them. And that's the goal of life. It's just saying you accomplish something and then you can finally go to sleep. Because what's that, that saying is, I won't go to sleep until I'm dead. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So. And you know, guys, just remember, um, whether you're an artist here in Orange County or wherever have you in the world... But especially here at the Art Institute, guys, just remember that this is a small stepping stone. And even though we're here and we're so consumed in this you know, college life that we're here at the Art Institute, exactly. remember that this is just the start. This is just mm-hmm. the beginning. So as Sasha had mentioned earlier with that instructor who had ripped all their paintings up, you know, don't get so attached to what you're doing because... In the end, in graduation, you're going to leave this to go on to bigger and better things. Exactly. So do not let this become your life. And I don't say this with any disrespect to anybody who's currently living it right now and 
going all out for the school, that's a great thing because that's getting you the experience. But remember, guys, with experience comes responsibility. And with that responsibility, you need to be humble about what you're doing. Exactly. I always talk about humility because I truly... I truly believe that it's something that defines a person and that a little humility takes you the distance. Right, and don't feel afraid to show your emotions. As an artist, you should. (laughs) And and as artists too, guys, remember that don't put boundaries on what you're doing. Uh Like Sasha has said, do not put boundaries, do not restrict yourself. And just because you don't get the perfect grade does not mean that your art is invaluable. Exactly. Don't devalue yourself, don't devalue your spirit. Just keep it up. Keep the keep your spirits high. You know, with a little motivation, you can achieve some really great things. But, Sasha, at this time, I want to ask you, where do you see the future of Sasha George? Do you see more books in your future? What can we expect from you in the future? Everything. <laughs> <laughs> I shall take over the world. <laughs> uh, no, I I see myself doing films. I really want... I'm, I'm doing these series, you know, like especially the vampire series, is to touch film. I would really like it to be bought and hopefully contrived to that um, level of thought. I'm definitely going to be writing in-depth books, but most of all, I really want to travel. That way I can present the world through my eyes what I've seen and what's changed my thought process. Like I really would like to go to Athens and see what happened there for myself instead of you know fictitiously (laughs) presenting it to them you know I think the best thing about an author and artist is when you move somebody when they said I read it and I cried and I felt it I seen it that says a lot you know Mm -hmm. and I know a lot of people aren't really um you know, it's just like the Bible, you know, and people live for the Bible. They value the word and writing can be very good or it can be very damaging. Mm-hmm. And that's the kind of person I want to be is to be able to present and move people. So hopefully that will be my future is to continue to leave word of imagination and help listen, you know. It, it's not about being great. It's just passing the master to the apprentice. Mm-hmm. I want to go on the Eastern Aventor. You heard of that, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, well, for the listeners, there's a Western side, and yeah. then there's the Eastern side where the West is the hero is the hero. Mm-hmm. And then on the Eastern story, it's the, the, journey, the hero dies and then passes it on. And I want to be on that kind of side yeah. of journey. So, yeah. So, Sasha, we're going to be coming to a wrap here pretty soon. Okay. And I want to tell you, first off, personally, that I really enjoyed the time that I've spent with you here, you know, learning more about you, you know, outside of Facebook and learning about what type of person, what type of artist that you are. Mm. And I am 100% honestly, coming from my heart, I can be honest and say that I'm really glad that I met you and I'm really glad that I had you on the show because you said some really wise stuff. You said some really encouraging stuff for other people. And I truly, truly thank you for that. And I truly thank you for your personality and for your artistic abilities. You know, because I'm recognizing you as, you know, a genuine artist here. I mean, at least for me. (laughs) You know, because I think you're doing your job when you can move other people. And you're moving me through your words. And 
Thank you. There's just no, you can't put price on things like that. No, you, you know? can't. Inspiration is something we all need, and she's giving me a lot of it, you guys. But, Sasha, as I do with every artist that comes on to the show, I would like no, to No, I know, won't rap for you. No, no, <laughs> no, no rapping today. No rapping today. But um, Yeah, those last guys you had were yeah, awesome. They're cool. They're really cool. Um, but on top of that, I want to know, what are some of advice that you can give to any artist listening to you out there? And this can be artists from anywhere in the world, artists listening locally, artists that maybe coming to the Art Institute, current students, anything like that. What could you say about about being an artist that, you know, you can help them out, give them a better understanding about, some advice? I think the best advice, well, there's numerous things, but I won't bleed your ear. <laughs> I think the best thing is don't get discouraged. Don't feel like you're not going to succeed. Right now in our modern age, everybody feels they need a like, they need a comment. The internet is a very, very cold place. And I'm not saying like the people are cold. I'm just saying textually, you can't tell there's a human emotion. So you can't, you can't take it personal. Just produce things and walk away from it. And in time, You'll gain more knowledge. You're going to take hits. You're going to cry. You're going to fight. But that's what being an artist is about. Mm -hmm. It's like love. You're going to feel love. You're going to feel the high. And you're going to feel pain. And you're going to cry. And that's the best thing. And don't feel like you have to codepend on one thing. There's so many things out there for an artist. The microphone. YouTube. Writing. You know, and and to your question, is it easy to become an author? Absolutely. It's it's easy to become an author, but it's harder to apply them. So. Yeah. <laughs> but if you go to, like, um, createspace.com, they can help you. Or you can go to Author House. They can help you. It's just really it. But never stop believing in yourself. And laugh when people, like, say oh you're never going to make it and you just say you know what I am and I have to say this to my mother out there because she told me I never speak plainly when I write ha (laughs) (laughs) so Sasha we're going to be wrapping it up soon can you tell the listeners out there where they can find you online Um, If they can go to a browser, they can type in Sasha George and find me everywhere. Or you can go to SashaGeorge.com and uh, everything's there. Books, art, you name it. So check out her materials, guys. She also has a blog. I'm going to be posting her links up there on the CanvasPodcast.com. You go on there and you can find out more about Sasha George. So at this time, we're going to be saying goodbye. We'd like to thank everybody for tuning in and listening to what we have to say. And Sasha, thank you again oh, for thank coming you. on here. Thanks, everybody. So, Listen to Joey. He's awesome. <laughs> thank you. This has been your host, Joey Odiva with Sasha George, and we're signing out of the Canvas Podcast. Stay tuned.